0: Awesome. How are we all tonight? Good? Feeling good? Good week? Awesome. So my name is Joel. Um, Tim mentioned me before, but if you don't know me, I'm the Senior Youth Coordinator uh, for our youth group here, and I also run um, a small group with the Year 9 Boys as well. Um, Tonight, I am finishing off the mini-series that we've been doing here. They usually say, Best for Last. I don't know what (laughs) happened. They put me up here anyways. Um, But yeah, I'm going to be talking on Your Story, Decide to Tell, Um, I'm really, really excited for what I think God's going to be working through the message, what he has got in store for me and what he has got in store for all of you as well. Um, we're going to jump straight into it. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to just move into a time of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for, um, you're the saving Lord that you are. I just pray tonight that you would just speak through me, that your words would be mine and that, um... Yes, we just come to be in your presence, Lord, that you would just speak into the hearts of every single person who's walked through this door. Um, Lord, we believe that you are a God who can change lives and a God who can change stories. Um, So, Lord, just as we move into this message, Father, would you just have your way with everyone here in your precious name? Amen. Awesome. So, if any of you guys have had the uh, pleasure of speaking to me lately, you've probably been bombarded with a bunch of useless facts about the UFC or the MMA. Um, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's the Ultimate Fighting Championship. I've recently become obsessed with um, it. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that on stage, by the way. But um, if you know anything about the UFC, you probably know of the name Conor McGregor. Um, he's this hugely successful fighter. He's probably the biggest name that's ever hit the scene. Um, he's just been tearing it up. And he's, yeah, making a fair bit of money. He got paid $100 million to fight just one dude, one fight. Um, And, yeah, he's basically kind of radicalized the whole sport and brought it into the spotlight. Um, Now, Netflix recently brought out a documentary for him. Um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to plug that either, but it's a bit late. Um, But they brought out a documentary for him, and all these people were saying, you need to go watch it, and I took my time, but I finally watched it, and it was fantastic. And I thought it was really interesting in the way that they tell the story of this um, successful fighter Um, They like to go through, you know, they start off with his struggles. And Conor McGregor was originally a plumber, um, a plumber apprentice. Um, I used to be an apprentice as well, so big things coming. Um, But yeah, he used to be this um, plumber apprentice, and he decided he wanted to go full time with his fighting. Um, So he quit his job, and his parents essentially disowned him for that decision, which is probably pretty understandable. and yeah, and even when he started out with his fighting, he only went um, four and two in his first six fights, which isn't amazing. Um, but as the documentary goes on, it continues to show that he trains and trains and trains and he wins more and more fights and then he, it slowly builds up to the most important fight of his life. Um, but through all of that, what I want to focus on tonight is the fact that through our stories, um, whether they're of success or whether you don't even see them of success yet, it's important to go through the hardships and the struggles that we have. Now, um, I'm going to relate that now to the Bible, which I probably shouldn't do either, um, but we're going to jump to Acts 26. I'm not going to read it directly. I'm going to kind of paraphrase it because it's a long chapter. Um, but what we have in Acts 26 is we have Paul, and he's sitting in front of King Agrippa, and uh, I think that's how you say his name, and he's, he's got cuffs on. He's essentially giving his story to um, save his life here. And when Paul starts getting into his story, he starts off and he's like, ask anyone who knew me, um, anyone who knew me at all, I was basically like the top Pharisee. Um, I did everything the Pharisees were supposed to do. I lived by every rule that a Pharisee lived by. Um, And he really goes into great depth to speak about um, how much he persecuted the Christians, which is kind of funny because of the way that he wraps up the story. But I'll continue on. Um, In verse 9 of that, he actually says, I too was so convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Um, So he goes on to detail, um, I would hunt Christians down in different towns that I didn't even live in. This guy was really going out of his way to persecute them. Um, I would cast my vote against um, every Christian when I got the opportunity to. Um, I would go to synagogues and try to trick them into blaspheming so they could get arrested. Um, But he moves on, and if you know the story of Paul, he was um, going from one town to the next on a bunch of horses with his men, and this great big light comes, and it knocks them all off their horses. Um, And Paul hears this voice speaking to him, and he says, "'Who is this?' And the voice responds, and it says, "'I'm the one whom you persecute, Jesus.'" And Paul goes on to tell King Agrippa about how Jesus um, speaks to him, and he says, "'I'm going to use you to change the lives of um, the Jews and the Gentiles.'" And Paul goes on to speak about the way that he um, transformed transformed his life and became a Christian, Um, And I think it's really funny that in the way that he speaks of becoming a Christian, he puts so much detail into the terrible things he originally did to build up the way that Jesus saves him from it. And I wonder if some of you guys are feeling the same way tonight, whether you look back on your story and who you used to be, or maybe some of the things that you are still doing and who you still are, and you think, like, I could never share that. Like, especially in Paul's situation, if that was me jumping up on... Stage in front of a bunch of Christians and essentially having to explain that I used to persecute the very people that I'm in front of. Um, And yeah, I wonder if there's, yeah, there's some things in your life that you feel like you could never bring up in your story, in your testimony, um, because of the things that you've done. Like when when I tell people that I used to play soccer, um, the first story that I bring up is the game where I scored a hat trick and I got goal of the season, awarded by the competition. Very good, thank you. Um... (laughs) Story I don't bring up is the season before that, um, we only, my team only won one game, and we only won it because the other team didn't rock up, and we won by default. Um, but yeah, the way, the way that you can kind of shift and transform your story, um, and I believe that um, tonight God is going to change the way that you look at your story and see those things in your life in a kind of new light, and I believe that we can start doing that by looking back at Paul and the way that he relates into his story and the way that... Um, he kind of brings those things into light. So, so why should we speak up about our sins and failures? Well, I believe when we are sharing a story um, or our testimony with someone else, when you can kind of bring up the things that you struggle with, whether it's struggling with temptation or lust or you worried too much about money or you said some bad things to someone that you can't take back or someone said some bad things to you that you don't want them to take back, when you can share on these things, it's what makes you human And making you human can be very good in your story because when you're human, other humans can relate to you. When you open up about yourself, other humans are like, oh, well, he's actually kind of like me. But the important thing about making yourself human in your own story is that you allow God to be the God of your story. See, when when you're speaking your story and you try to cover up the bad things that you've done, or you're like, I'll just skip over on that. It's not too important. What you're doing is you're putting yourself in God's shoes. And when we, when we try to hide the imperfections of ourselves and of the world, what we're doing is we're hiding God's saving grace and our brokenness. And the truth is, we are broken people. Um, and that sounds a bit do- dooming, but the best part about being broken people is knowing that we have a God who can save us. So yeah, through, through our testimony, it's not meant to be a story of how we saved ourselves. It's a story about how God saved you. And in reality... God has a saving story for every person here. And I believe that he has a testimony in the heart of every single person here. Everyone has a story. And God can work through every single person's story. Now, I actually stole this from Lance. He messaged me, um, and I told him I was going to steal it. Um, it's a verse in the Bible that he mentioned, and it's 2 Corinthians um, chapter 4, verse 7. And it says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Now, I love that verse first off because it's so humble and the idea of us having God within us is great. But when Lance also spoke to me about it, he mentioned fragile jars with cracks in them. And it's through these cracks that God shines out through your life. And I think it's incredible to think, that our brokenness, these cracks in us, are how God can shine through you and how he can work through you. And the issue is sometimes we see these cracks and we're like, we're going to try to fix them. We can't actually fix them, but we can hide them. So we like chuck tape over the crack. But the issue is if we're just taping over the cracks in our lives, we're not fixing them. We're just hiding them. And we're ruining God's ability to shine through the way that we are. Um, and as I, say, as I say all this in addressing our mistakes and our areas of pain and the things that we've done wrong. It's not about listing them off, like coming up here and just dropping one big list of every single mistake from birth to now. Um, If that was the case, I'd be here all night. It's not about that, but I believe that God has specific areas of your life that he wants to speak into you and that he wants you to share in your story, that he wants to give you freedom from, because I believe that God will give you freedom from the areas of your life that he speaks into. Now, as I sat down... And I was thinking about testimonies, um, and I was thinking of it like a book. I don't know why, but I realized if if our testimony was in a book, there's no way it could be chapter one, because Jesus coming and dying on the cross would have to be chapter one, because until Jesus came and died on the cross, we didn't have a story to tell. We weren't saved by God. And I wonder if that would change the way that you look at your story, knowing that chapter one has come from someone coming and dying for you to give you a story to tell. And it's funny because it's similar to your testimony, but when Jesus came and died on the cross, um, people didn't see that as victory. Like when he was up on the cross and he was getting nailed into the wood and he was getting stabbed in the gut and he was getting sped on and he was getting laughed at and he was getting teased, um, his, his disciples and his friends, they didn't look at him and see that as victory. In fact, over the next few days, they didn't look back to his death and say, That's victory. It wasn't until God worked through the story of Jesus and the life of Jesus that he turned what seemed to be great tragedy into the greatest victory for mankind today. And I wonder if there's some things in your life that you're looking back at now that you don't see as great victory, some things that you think you could never see victory from. Um, And I believe that Jesus wants to work into that and give you victory to that, Um, maybe today maybe it's something that you'll be working through over the next few weeks, maybe even years. I can't say if there's a timeline on it, but I do know that God has victory waiting for you around the corner of that. Um, so yeah, in knowing that, how, does, how do you reckon God will work through your testimony now? Like if you imagine what you've been through and what you're going through, where do you reckon God's wanting to give you triumph? Because when, when we are speaking our stories honestly and when we are sharing on our struggles, we're giving it up to God, and the best part about giving it up to God is the fact that he's going to take these struggles and this weight off your shoulders. He's going to carry it up, up a hill, onto the cross to die, just like Jesus did, and he's going to turn that into your triumph. Um, and the thing is, the amazing thing about our testimonies and our stories is it's not just going to change your life, it's going to change others. And I think especially, like, especially in a day like today, uh, we need to be more honest and more real than ever. Uh, we've got so much social media, we've got Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever, and we've got all these stories um, up in our face and they're just fake. I mean, deep down, we, we kind of know they're fake, but on the surface, we also kind of want to think that they're real because like, if we can look at these people just living out the perfect life, we're like, maybe that could be me one day, and you want to think that, but the reality is, again, like I've said, if we're taking away the brokenness of the world, we're taking away the place for God to walk in and come and save you. You're taking away the cracks in the pot of um, clay for God to shine through. Um, So yeah, the truth is we live in a broken world, but God's saving grace is in our lives. And without first being broken, we can't be fixed. Now, I want to share with you um, another verse. This is Psalm 107, verse 2. Now, I know I'm going a bit quick. If you can't get your Bibles out, I'm just going to read it out for you again. Um, But it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. I'm going to read it one more time, but even slower, because I really want you guys to take this one in. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Now, at face value, this verse might not speak too much. Um, It was a little bit for me as well when I was reading it. But I saw the verse and I was like, I want to look into what redeemed means. Originally, like in the original text, what did they mean by redeemed? Um, So I got on Google and I typed it in. And the ancient Greek um, meaning of redeemed actually has two separate meanings, and it's really cool. So the first meaning is deliverance from sin. And it was the second meaning that really got me, and it was freedom from captivity. Now, if you reread that verse, let the people who have been freed from their sin by the Lord tell their story those he freed from captivity of the hand of the foe. And it gives this whole kind of new way that you see this verse because it's saying when we can go and tell our story of our deliverance from sin, he's freeing us from captivity. Like he's freeing us from the very things that are holding us back from sharing it. Like all the pain, all the suffering, the shame, the guilt. When you're able to share that in your story, God is offering you freedom on the other side. It's, it's just incredible. So, so why should we decide to tell? I think it's because whether you're sharing your story with one person or whether it's with a thousand people, God has a sermon written in your heart. He designed you before you were even created, and he has that sermon in your heart ready to tell, and it's whether you're willing to tell it the way he wants you to. Uh, so some of you guys may know Tom Coppott. Um He's one of the youth leaders here. He's a church member here. He's one of my good friends. Um, and now Tom had this accident just over two years ago, Um, I was with him. I was also there with Liam Eady, not to dub you in. Um, But we were both with him, and he had this accident where he fell through a skylight. Um, Now, what happened was Tom hit his head. Um, Thankfully, he hit it specifically on his ear, which meant when his skull cracked, um, the blood was actually able to leak out of his ear and not go directly into his head, which would have given him brain damage and probably killed him. Um, Now, another thing was the paramedics who arrived on the scene, they actually had to ask me and Liam if we had gotten to him Um, before they did, because when they found Tom, he was in a perfect recovery position, and often when people suffer um, blunt trauma to the head, they can vomit, Um, and so Tom being in the perfect recovery position meant when he did vomit, before anyone had gotten to him, he didn't choke on it and die. Now, if I'd said that story without mentioning the fact that he got hurt, without mentioning the fact that he got found in that recovery position, not mentioning the fact that Um, he perfectly hit his head in literally the most perfect spot that he possibly could have to avoid him dying. It would have taken away a lot from God, wouldn't it? Like, the way that he saved his life, because without a doubt, he saved his life. And that's without mentioning the fact that he was in a coma for three weeks. Like, this wasn't just, like, a down and back up. Like, this was a long process. But the fact that God continued to work through his life and save him through this whole story. And it's incredible because Tom's been gifted with this amazing testimony Um, and the way that he's kind of stepped up to it. Because God saved his life, and he's been able to walk through life and tell this testimony, and tell of the way that God's worked through his life. And I was thinking about that, and I was like, well, wait, God saved every single life in this church right now. Like, how would that change the way that you see your testimony, knowing that God has personally sent his son to die on the cross to save your life, just like he saved Tom? I wonder how that would change the way that you look at your story. I think it's really incredible to just realize the sacrifice that God's made for you to have this testimony, for Tom to have this testimony, and the way that he can work through that. Like if Tom had done all of this and he hadn't shared it, he'd just be holding back an incredible story. I think that every person who isn't sharing their testimony is holding back an incredible story. Um, I'm going to get you all to turn to the person next to you and just say you were saved real quick. Just left and Right. It's fantastic. Just a bit of crowd involvement there. Gives me a break. I'm going to grab a drink of water real quick. And we'll continue. As Christians, though, it's, well, a bit too close. As Christians, though, it is is incredible the communities that we're surrounded by. Like, I'm speaking about sharing your story. And we're surrounded by this community of people who are more than happy to hear it. And, like, it's the safest community you could ever jump in front of. Like, I'm up on stage, but I know at the end of the day, every person sitting in the seat is hopefully supporting me, even if I came up here and absolutely bombed my sermon. Um, the people that I'm speaking in front of is a loving and caring group who want to support me and see me do well. And I believe that you guys, whether you know it or not, are plugged into a community of caring people who want to hear your story and want to speak into it. And it's incredible, like, the way that God's designed us to tell our story And the way he's designed us to go to church and have this community and this friendship and this family that we can share with. Now, um, as we look back at Paul and everything we did wrong, he was redeemed in every sense. Like all of these terrible things. He He had no shame in sharing it because he knew that God had saved him. And that's kind of the driving force of what your testimony should be. We shouldn't have shame. And trust me, I have a lot of shame. And I'm not saying I'm rid of it. But we shouldn't have shame in the things that we've done wrong because God has already saved us from it. Now, before I finish, I want to tell you the story of um, someone in my life who had every reason not to tell this story, to decide not to tell this story, I should say. Um, And her name was Bethany Wake, and she's my cousin. And, yeah, eight years ago, Bethany was um, was diagnosed with an aggressive brain tumor. And it all started with me asking why she had a limp. And in the space of about a week, her whole life got turned around. And as things progressed, and this was actually really close to her birthday as well, which was a bit of a bummer. Um, And she was only 15 years old, I should mention. And as things progressed, Bethy proceeded to lose everything that would seem important to a 15-year-old girl. Um, She was stuck in hospital all day, so she couldn't go to school and see her friends. Um, She lost her hair. She eventually lost her ability to move, um, her ability to walk and to use her hands and slowly her ability to speak. And in the face of all of this, she leant on God for every second of every day. And as things got worse, we were able to witness her lean on Him more and more. Sorry. And... When some would have no reason to praise God, she had all the will in her heart to continue to praise Him. And she, more and more people found out about this. It wasn't a private thing. Um, there's a lot of support and prayer networks going around, and she saw an opportunity as everyone began to hear about this as an opportunity to bring praise to God and to make a difference. And she, she started a foundation called the um, Blue Box Foundation, which helps women overseas um, with unexpected pregnancies and stuff like that. Um, But she also took um, this opportunity to speak and to tell her story. Um, She did this in front of thousands of youth um, with no hair, hardly any voice. Um, She essentially looked nothing like she used to look like, but she still went out and she told her story. And she gave praise to God every minute through it. And in the face of absolutely fear, she knew that her God would turn her struggles and her issues into triumph. She knew it was around the corner. Um, Now, just a year after her original diagnosis, um, Beth passed away at the age of 16. But the lives that she changed by seeing her situation and realizing that she had a story to tell was incredible. And understanding that in the moment you may not see victory and in the moment you may not see hope but knowing that there's victory through God working in your story she went out on a limb and she changed lives Uh, I reckon some of you guys might feel the same way as Beth tonight You you might look back at some things in your life right now or things that are currently going on and you just could not possibly see any victory coming from it or any redemption coming from these situations, I just want you to know that God has it for you. And it might not be three days in the case of Jesus, it may not be three weeks or months or years, it may be 30 years, it may even be more. But through speaking your story and allowing God to speak into yours, He can completely transform who you are and the way that you see your past mistakes. I want to encourage you guys to lift up those areas of your life tonight. If there's specific things that you can think of tonight, any areas at all that you feel like you need victory, that you need redemption, that you need change. Whether it's through worship, whether it's through prayer, we've got our prayer team on the side, whether it's through actually speaking to someone or one of our prayer team. I really want to encourage you guys to walk out of tonight telling your story and seeing the change that God can make in your life and through others. It doesn't matter whether you've been through it all or whether you feel like you've been through absolutely nothing. There's always area for praise for God. So I want to encourage you guys to not wait tonight. Um, I want to encourage you guys to decide to tell. You have a God who desperately wants to help you. He's looking into your story. He's written it. He knows it. He's just waiting for you to lift it up to Him. And as the Scripture says, God will, through the deliverance from our sin, God will free you from captivity. It's incredible. So I want you guys to just lift it up. Let God deliver you from captivity tonight. Let Him deliver you from fear, from guilt, from shame, from everything that's going on in your life, whether it's past or whether it's present. So if you guys are comfortable, I just want you to shut your eyes with me um, right now. I want you to lift your hands in front of you as if you're just ready to receive um, a present or something like that, just ready to receive. If you're not comfortable with that, that's completely fine. There's no pressure. I'm just going to pray over us before we move into a time of worship. So I just want to invite the band back onto stage now as well. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for every story in this building tonight. I thank you for every heart that you've written the story onto. Lord, I want to pray for the moments where there, there seems to just be absolute failure, absolute brokenness, absolute shame. Lord, um, earlier, I spoke about clay pots having cracks in them. Some people might feel like they're so broken, they're not even a pot anymore. They're just broken down to dust. But Lord, through dust is how you created us. So, would you help people who feel like they're just dust at the moment to know that creation is awaiting around the corner, Father? That you have renewal, that you have love, you have patience, that you have our victory, redemption, resurrection waiting around the corner, Father. So I just want to pray for those people who have specific moments on their hearts which they need you to step into right now. Some people can't even focus, some one, they've just got too many. Lord, would you lift that weight off of their shoulders? Would you help us to decide to tell our stories, Father? It doesn't always have to be to another person, whether it's just through praise and worship to you, Father, whether it's in a prayer in our head. Pray this Lord in your name. Amen.